Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Maddie, how's it going? Good. This is our first time talking about music formally, right? Yeah, actual music. Go figure. <laughs> I know. We've talked about all kinds of, we've done, what, photography, we've talked fashion, talked fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in, I mean, I've talked to a lot of artists, but not necessarily music artists. So this is the first. All right. Yeah, exciting. Good times. Thanks for giving us some of your Sunday. And uh, well, let me go ahead and share this, that one of the reasons we started this podcast uh, was to kind of highlight and draw attention to things, you know, about Asians. But another probably equally important reason why we started this podcast was to highlight and spotlight projects performed by Asian creators. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk to my friend. He's a songwriter and musician named Brian Lum, and he performs under the name All Arms Around. So uh, please welcome Brian Lum. Hey, Brian. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Man, that took all my self-control to not call you <laughs> your other nickname. <laughs> I'm going to slip one. I got to slip at least one in, once in. And the audience won't know you can what I'm slip one in. I'm, I'm older now. I'm more, I'm more, um, I'm, I've, I grew into my shoes a little bit more, so I, I won't take so much offense to it. We have to give the listeners context. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've known Brian probably since he was shorter than me, which is saying something because he's, you know, over six feet tall now. But, uh, but um, yeah, so in, in elementary school, middle school, and high school, uh, Brian Lum, if you combine it together, is that how you got the nickname? Um, you take your first and last name kind of together. I, there's there's a lot of lore behind the the bunny thing, <laughs> but I think there's uh, one of them is that I used to do this like ear thingy where I could turn it inside and out or something, <laughs> and we were just all kids. And I don't know. It just it just kind of it just kind of was born when I was a lot younger and probably way cuter. And and then I as I entered my teen and and college years, I became less cute, and now. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really, it didn't resonate with me anymore. So I couldn't do it. You couldn't, you couldn't pull it off. Yeah. So the nickname is Bunny, but uh, we won't call you that. We won't call you. Except for now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Brian, um, by day is a pharmacist and a dad and a husband, (laughs) but he is, uh, he is uh, by hobby. Uh, for all these years, a musician, a songwriter, a piano and guitar player, and he's been working on this album, which has been, we'll talk about it more, but uh, this album came out, what, about two months ago? Yeah, I tried to do it right but like during 2021, but then it took like a couple of days for me to get an onto Spotify and um what was the other band camp so there was like some lag time for them to do all the licensing so it was like kind of closer to january i think january's third or something like that yeah yeah so the album's called matter it's uh, under the name all arms around you can get it on spotify or Bandcamp. We'll we'll give you some more details about that later but uh yeah let's get to know you a little bit brian um so what Start well you started piano when you were a kid like a good asian kid yeah um you you kind of the way I see it, like as an Asian American, you kind of have two paths. You either get piano or violin. And I, I just was piano. Piano is like really instant success. You just push a button and it works. Um, I, I didn't really like, I, man, back then, I, I wish I'd practiced more. I, I remember like, I, I don't know if like other viewers or listeners can relate, but I'm, I'm sure that like when you're going through music lessons, you, you're doing your thing and then your piano teacher goes like, oh, I could tell you didn't practice and then you feel this like deep sense of shame. <laughs> and then on the other side, it's yeah, like sometimes you, do, you didn't practice and then you do really well and they're like, oh, I could tell you practiced and you feel like you cheated the system and it's like so great. You yeah. pulled it off. <laughs> That's kind of like the way I did it, yeah. You're seeing how, how, how little practice you can actually get right. away with and still get the accolades. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When did you when did you realize you're actually pretty good at it or that you enjoyed it? Was that later? It was it was way later. I mean, I think I I realized that I had this perfect pitch thing when I was younger. Well, somebody else named it for me. I didn't know what it was. I remember I was like because when I learned piano, my mom also learned with me and she was like playing this minuet or something like that. 
And I remember being in another room and she was like trying to struggle to find the next note. And she's like, na, 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 na. and she couldn't find it. And I said, mom, it's G. And I yelled it from the other room, mom, play G. <laughs> and then she would play G. So uh, <laughs> I remember that memory from early on. But I think really liking piano is really hard because when you get your either piano or violin track as an Asian American, you have to do this like kind of classical route. And then there's like competitions and there's like theory and there's all this stuff. I, I never really liked that kind of stuff. And I, I wasn't too interested. Um, so only later on did I start to do like more freeform experimenting. Um, I took a jazz piano course in college, which I, I didn't do that well at because I was so stuck in my classical <laughs> ways. Um, but I, I even now, like I'm teaching my son, I'm trying to have him go through these like little piano books. And as I'm doing that, I'm like trying to rediscover like, oh, you know, maybe I should take on my jazz book and learn a little bit. And so even now I'm still like yeah. cultivating my love for piano and, and for music. How about you, Maddie? When, when did you realize that you really liked music? Honestly, I think it all started after I watched Hannah Montana, the movie. <laughs> uh huh. And then I saw Taylor Swift playing the guitar. She was just like glowing. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Also, like growing up on Disney, I think, and just like singing a lot. But I don't think I actually knew that I wanted to pursue it professionally until mm, maybe like seven, yeah. something around there. Yeah, that's pretty early though. Yeah, but um, earlier you were saying how a lot of Asian kids go down like the classical music route, but contrarily, I have never had a piano lesson and I, I like want to so bad. Like I wish my parents made me do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, so I, 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 I'm also getting to know you too, Madison. Like, are you, did you just like learn a lot on like YouTube and, and what do you play more so? Um, lots of contemporary stuff. Mostly. I mean, okay. So I play guitar and it all started because there was like a free class in my elementary school. So my parents enrolled me in it. And then after that course was over, we continued private lessons with him because we liked it so much. And then it just sort of stuck ever since. Nice. And um, yeah, after continuing for a while, we even like had this little band and like we would perform places and stuff. And so it just sort of escalated. And now I'm on to other things like production and stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. So yeah, Brian, she does, she does music production, pro tools and stuff. And yeah. so she's trying to try to apply that to, to podcasting as well and doing a little bit of our editing and, and processing. Yeah. So. So yeah, you know, if you need someone and you know where to where to find someone, <laughs> that's cool. Well, how about you, Brian? What were your uh, so what kind of musical influences did you have growing up? Uh, well, I I grew up primarily in the uh, Asian Christian church, and so a lot of the influences I had were like mostly <laughs> white guys yeah. doing worship music yeah, and yeah. stuff, like contemporary Christian music. And I, I think part of it was part of it was maybe the culture I was surrounded in, but I actually enjoyed it. I mean, it was very, very pleasant and it was very easy to play. Like you get this like maybe four chord progression, you get like one, four, five, you know, one, four, five, six, one, whatever, you know, it's very easy to follow along with. Um, so I think those are probably, probably my main earlier influences. And then later as I got older, I started to listen to like other stuff, like singer, songwriter, folk music, um, gospel music um i don't know I, I think maybe maybe in my younger years i was like more adventurous and i was more willing to listen to a lot more and then i think nowadays i kind of just stick to some um some basics or, or people that i've listened to a long time and they're maybe creating new stuff um but yeah so singer songwriter is a big big influence um yeah maybe alternative um some something like rock i would say ambient stuff is a big one yeah I, f I feel like you're coming at me a little bit that one four five man that's that's my that's like where i that's my peak <laughs> of guitar playing <laughs> i might throw in a seventh every so often but yeah Wait, that's kind of where i live you know how to play guitar oh yeah <gasps> ask ask brian who taught him a b7 <laughs> uh how come you never told me <laughs> i don't know We've never gotten that topic. That's crazy. Because all I do is chord. I just do, I strum and I do the one, four, five. That's all I do. I mean, that's still something. You can play anything with that. Yeah, that's true. Curtis even played for his own wedding, which I attended. Yeah, yeah. I thought I knew everything about you. Anyway, back to the script. Hey, get, let's get back on topic. <laughs> so back in high school, I think is when you picked, or was it middle school you picked up guitar too? 
Yeah, middle school more so. I, I think like just about seventh or eighth grade. And there was a guy at our church who would play classical guitar. And I just thought, oh, that'd be kind of fun. It's definitely, it, it was a challenge because there's a, as all of three of us know, since we're all guitarists, there's a sort of like learning curve in the beginning because you, you're not only doing something with your right hand to pluck things, but your left hand is at, or like, you know, you're using one dominant hand and one non-dominant hand to, to do something. And you got to push the like right over the fret, but not on the fret. It's like kind of challenging. Um, so I, I did some like guitar and I stuck it out a little bit. And that's kind of my beginning of like playing for church. And, you know, church, we would play like maybe every week or every other week. So I had a lot of chances to just like, you know, play some one, four five music. And it, it was really fundamental for me. Um, it was also like playing in these little bands. Um, and it was really fun. It, it, it really... I think solidified some of my my skills and strumming and stuff. I think this is probably when we should give a shout out, big shout out to Warren Lane, Warren Lane Music. Uh, he's our he's our friend and and Brian. I almost called you Bunny and Brian and Brian grew up with Warren and Warren is now a legendary YouTuber and music teacher. Uh, Maddie, if you ever want to learn any Radiohead songs, do you listen to Radiohead? No. Well, Warren is the the guy. He's the guy on YouTube for for Radiohead tutorials on guitar. So Brian and, and Warren grew up and just kind of started pushing each other, right? It's kind of like two guys, you know, running a race and you're just trying to get faster and faster and you guys push each other. Yeah, like Warren, uh, I, I'll just dial back a tiny bit. He is the guy for the Radiohead tutorials, but he was also interviewed on Vox, like the Vox channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, uh, yeah, he, he did this breakdown of one of uh, Radiohead songs that had um, like a, a, a polyrhythm in it. Like it was a rhythm on under another rhythm. And um, he, he like breaks down the whole thing. It's really fascinating. They have like graphics and stuff. Um, gosh. Oh, it's called in, in Videotape or the, the song is called Videotape. Yeah. And yeah. it's really cool what he does with it. So Warren is like a YouTube legend, but he's also transcended his youtube legend legend legendary status to, to vox like vox status so he's pretty big <laughs> that's so cool how does it feel to grow up with somebody and hear them talk about their dreams and then actually live it oh, it's, it's so interesting i mean i think like on, in context of this asian american podcast it, it's like truly the asian american dream where your parents are telling you like you got to go into science and you got to go into like engineering or whatever and then here's like warren who does neither of those things and then he goes to ucla for ethnomusic and then he like does this music thing where he just like hustles and does his teaching and then he he gets you know he just pursues his passion and he gets interviewed by vox i think for me it's i i sort of did the very asian american thing where my parents are like you gotta do this like science thing you gotta do pharmacy and when I was in high school, I didn't know what a pharmacist was. I kind of still don't really know what we do sometimes. <laughs> you know, and, and people, people like residents that are in their second postgrad year, they'll like follow me and they're like, Brian, what do you, what do you do? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what do I do? <laughs> um, I, I practice for the hospice department. So it's like a lot of coordination. It's like a lot of drug info. But I did my sciencey thing as, as an obligation of my parents. And then afterward, like I did what they said, which was, Brian, you can always do music as a hobby. And I, I, I honed some of my music stuff. I got, I got Warren's help. I spent a, a ton of money. I got all this gear, hired all these people. And then the album was the output of it. So um, I kind of I took the slow route, the less, the less like um, dreamy route, but I made yeah. it some way. No, you're doing it. The moral of the story is there's different ways to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were working on this album, and it's you know, a labor of love. Yeah, it's been uh, eight years, if not more, right? But you, you've been just kind of how does what, how did the process go for you? Okay, so I would say like after I graduated from pharmacy school, well, sorry to take it back to Warren. So he asked me to join his band, and I was like, yeah, I'll join your band. And if you look us up, I don't think you'll find yeah, us, yeah. but our band was Phono Field, and we did like you know three songs that we put in an EP. We did like two shows and that was it. But in the process of Front of Field, I like started writing my own music. And Warren was like, wow, you should, you should like write a bunch of originals and you should like make an album. I'm like, nah, I I'm, I'm not like that kind of guy. I'm, whatever. I, I don't think I have the skill for that or, or the drive. And I think the more and more we talked about it, it, it became really exciting. So I started to just like amass all of my original songs. And then um, once I had enough for an album, I took a bunch of time off of work. Like I took many weeks off. And Warren would just like hang out at my home and we would just 
eat a bunch of keto food because he's really, really into keto back then. And we would we would like um, just record and and just like um, it was it was so much fun. This is like really fun part of my life. Um, and then and then my kid was born, my my first son, and he was born early, like two weeks early. I was like so close to finishing, and then he, when he when he was born, I was like, no, <laughs> go back in, <laughs> go back in. I need more time. And then so then I was stuck in like infant raising mode yeah, for a yeah. year. And then I went back to it to try to report again. And then I had the second kid, my daughter, and she was born four weeks early. And I was like, no, it's almost done, no. And um, there was that. And then, um, and then Warren moved to Boston. And then when he came back, we recorded a little bit. And then there was pandemic. Uh-huh. And these like all these, all these things. Um, yeah. So yeah. this process was really long to, based on all those things. Yeah. So it's a good thing you had a day job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so how about the writing of the songs? The, you know, personal experiences, having kids, being a dad, you know, what, what sorts of things influence these songs? Yeah, um, so all the songs were written before kids. So it was before kids era. And that, that says something because they're like eight years old now. My, my, my son is turning eight this year. So all these songs are like fairly old. And I think there was a time in my life there, there were times along the way where i thought does this art still kind of capture like something true and something meaningful to me because it was written so long ago like are they are they still resonant and are, are they still something that makes sense um i wrote about a lot of things i i think i wrote a, the first song punnett square is like sort of a, a a nerdy biology thing but i i talk about like how are we sort of like too much biology it follows me <laughs> you know, everywhere yeah, Maddie, Maddie just had a test on Punnett Square. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are we sort of a, a product of this like little grid? Are we sort of a product of our, of our parents or are we more than that? It's kind of like this question statement. Um, I write about sort of like the, the nature of like changing friendships. So when you're in your 20s, um, I, I write about like my, my fears of growing up, my fears of death. Um, and then I also wrote like a bridal procession, which uh, was when I got married. So there's a lot of themes, a lot of just like life experiences. I, I think it, it's kind of funny because I think if going back to what you said earlier, if I were really dependent on this album for my um, life and <laughs> like for my my breadwinning and stuff like that, I would have written more like cheesy love songs and stuff like that. But I think I think that separating yourself from the money aspect yeah. actually frees you to <laughs> kind of write about things that matter to you. And and you don't really care about the audience that much. Like, I think everybody cares a little bit, no matter who you are. But I didn't. I, I feel like I wrote sort of more more from a pure perspective where it was really how I felt. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the production didn't follow until years after actually writing the songs, did your direction sort of change? Yeah, that's a good question too. Yeah, because some of the songs, like there are some where I listened to them and I was like, oh, this this part is kind of dated. Like, I, I, I think it could use upgrade. And either, I think that was the hard part too because as the production gets longer and longer, your taste kind of changed too, and you, your your influences yeah, changed. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I I think maybe at two points we went back and we like sort of gave them like a little upgrade and uh, maybe maybe changed some of the arrangement or changed some of the parts. Um, it changed a little bit, but I think that the content, all the lyrics and stuff, were all the same. Mm. You know, it's funny that I actually, you know, I I was listening to them and I, you know, I know you're a dad, so I actually thought some of the songs were about fatherhood and were about you know, you know, the changes that come with having a a kid and stuff so it, it, it seemed to play i don't know uh, maybe i didn't listen carefully enough but uh it sounded like it was current <laughs> i'm glad that you got that out of it i mean i think fatherhood has like a lot of universal kind of um feelings like deep deep pain <laughs> you know, uh, and, and you know stuff like and, i can relate <laughs> yeah so there's there's lots of there's lots of universal experiences that even in my 20s i might have te- telecasted like how i might have felt yeah, later so yeah. i'm glad you got that out of it <laughs> all right well hey let's talk about some of your songs here uh let me tell people how to get this album probably if you want to just casually listen to it spotify is probably the easiest all arms around easy to find but if you wanna if you wanna purchase the album, the best way is probably Bandcamp. Is that? Yeah, Bandcamp. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So the best way to buy this album is probably to go to Bandcamp. And speaking of making a livelihood out of it, uh, Brian is not. He is donating a hundred percent of the money to the Oakland Unified School District. So if you buy an album, 
help out the schools in Oakland. So good on you, Brian. That's uh, that's really nice of you to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. So and it's and it's like a dollar a song, ten bucks for the whole album. So you get a you get a bonus song if you buy all of them. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you if you listen on Spotify, you won't hear my son's uh, great debut. He sings a song that about, about cinnamon raisin bagels, and it's really really awesome. You got you got to buy. Oh. Yeah, buy the whole album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's cool. So go to Bandcamp, look up All Arms Around, and it'll pop up. And you can you can pretty much hear the songs. But uh, I, I suggest purchasing, purchasing them. It, it lets Brian know that you're out there, that you're listening, and the money goes to a good cause. Thanks, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. And so let's see. I, I picked one, and then maybe you can pick one. Maddie, have you listened to some of these? Do you want to pick one to talk about? Yeah. I don't remember the names, but I did listen to it. Okay, so I'll pick one first. I'm going to go with, Maddie, you're going to like this, Punnett Square. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, the concept of that one was clever. Oh, thank you. I liked it. Thanks. Is this kind of, is this music kind of your style, Maddie? Would you listen, would you listen to this for fun? Honestly, I was surprised because he, um, I didn't, you know, Brian was talking about how Years later, he thought, you know, little parts of it were outdated or whatever. But listening to it, I was like, oh, sort of trendy. <laughs> like, with what, what people listen to now, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fairly timeless. You know, it's not super. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like, you're not going to say, oh, man, this is like 1990s. You know, it's mm-hmm. not going to be like that. makes me feel really good. Right. I think timeless was the, the, the shot I was going for. That makes me feel good. Yeah. And a 16-year-old said it's cool. <laughs> that makes it feel even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I get my selflessness from you. I get my dignity from you. I get my insecurities from you. Once in a while, I'll say to myself, Where did that just come from now? Did I beat evolution? Did I beat natural selection? Did I beat? Yeah, see, if Maddie were on this album, she could have told you the mathematical ratios, you know. <laughs> I like the, the background vocals. Thanks. Thank you. Um, there's a few kind of like fun production behind the scenes. The first one that I noticed is that for the, um, the that like, that, that sound was, it's just basically, um, I think we used a, we might have either used a loop pedal or we we might have just done like a harmonic on the guitar where you just like touch it and then it ring, you judge it really lightly um, and then you just sort of loop the sound and you you get a whole bunch of them and so it was sort of like the keys like version that that is like kind of underlying the whole album and as the instruments kind of cut out you can hear this like kind of um, thread its way all the way through um, the second thing is for the the tambourine. I remember feeling like, geez, this tambourine sounds really tinny and kind of like tacky. And so when I, after I recorded them, I just thought, what if I, what if I take this, the tone of the tambourine and reduce it by like five, five um, steps. And then, so the tambourine actually has more of a beefy kind of like shoop, shoop, shoop kind of feel. 
And I remember when I sent it to the mixer, he was like, oh my gosh, I totally miss, I, I totally uh-huh. know what you mean. I do that to my music too. And I, I felt validated <laughs> that this, this like guy who's like this professional mixer um, does, does kind of the same trick. <laughs> um, and then I think um, my wife sings at the end. She does this like, ah, like in a higher octave than me. Shout out Irene. <laughs> yeah she's a real vocalist i'm just like an average singer <laughs> just an average dude singing but she she actually like is a really really great singer so yeah yeah, yeah. so it's 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 mostly you you're playing you're playing how many tracks on that you're playing like there's like a hundred really? i'm like not even kidding amazing there's like the there's a piano there's um like a xylophone there's piano there's guitar one there's guitar two there's a bass there's like all these background vocals there's background vocals with reverb and then there's without reverb uh-huh. with, and some of them are playing together. There's this like, when the instruments drop off, there's like, um, when he goes, did I beat the Punnett Square? This like, this do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do kind of like Eye of the Tiger. Uh-huh. We call that one our Eye of the Tiger track, which is just be like doing a mute note on the, on the D string. Um, so there, there's like, there's a lot of tracks on it. This is a very dense one. So it was a good one for production. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think I realized until I started listening to songs and recreating them like for production practice how many layers and layers there are like it's really incredible but a lot of them you honestly don't really notice but like you can feel them you know like you need them to make the song sound full and yeah so if we hear you at an open mic brian we're like what is this garbage like, one guitar <laughs> <laughs> this is not far from the truth you're, you're not far from the truth yeah but you're you're absolutely right, man. I think like I, the actually the as me and Warren went through all of the music, we we were constantly related to like food. So we use food metaphors to describe our music. Um, uh-huh. I think food actually like really makes sense for in in terms of like you know you have your comfort foods. You have these foods that you listen to, like not foods, music you listen to for comfort. You have like music that you want to listen to when you're feeling adventurous. But this this song for Punish Square, we called it our lasagna of sound. Because there's like all these different like layers of, of stuff. Um, even for one of the songs, we're like, oh, we're missing this like secret sauce that we're missing for this song. <laughs> like we, we would use food metaphors all the time. And it's about like that and ratio and like, like some ingredients like a bay leaf. Nobody knows what it tastes like, but it's in the soup and I it's know. just like there. And- <laughs> yeah. No, food is honestly a perfect metaphor. I remember telling Mr. Chin, like trying to explain to him that I can't always restore super distorted audio because it's like taking flour out of an already baked cake you know what i mean good that's good yeah yeah so yeah it's very it, i would i would say the same like in as, as you as you're saying with the um the layers like you might not even know that they're there but but mm-hmm. it creates a feeling and and it's really special i think yeah, yeah yeah that's cool all right and you know but the the magic is you make it sound simple you know you make it sound like we're listening to a dude on a guitar for sure. But, yeah, 100 tracks. That's crazy. All right, Bunny, which song do you want to pick next? That's, <laughs> that's uh, what, what's the count? Like um, two or three times you've said it so far? I know, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, let's do, I think Rocking Chair has a really fun production thing, and I, I'll tell you guys about it. It's like right in the middle when, when all the instrumentals kick in. All right, this is Rocking Chair by All Arms Around. On this gift of string You see it is attached Everyone is comfortable Till you gotta give it back Thank you. Yeah, the um, the the surprise part about that is that 
so in this in the first iteration of the song we did it and we were like man there's some secret sauce that's missing what is it and i'd always sort of imagined this like percussion part in the middle but nothing like you know big like bass drum and like snare drum and cymbals nothing like that like something sort of like really like kind of like really like very light and and um just something that kind of gives it a little bit more lift and i I tried it on a snare drum i tried to like just pat it out on my fingers i tried to pat it on my desk i (laughs) i tried to pat it out and it just didn't really work and warren and i came up with this great idea warren thinks it's his idea but i think it was mine (laughs) but we'll just you know um so he he has this like five bladed fan that is a ceiling fan Mm. and he was like what if we just put a piece i said what if we just put a piece of paper on the fan and just like let it hit the fan and it'll be a rhythm because this five bladed fan is like all like it's a it's a pentagon they're all equally spaced apart so um so we tried it and then it's like oh that's pretty cool and but the 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 speed of the blade was like kind of too fast for the song so he used some like digital technology to um get the beat and like compress it so that the beat matched the song so in the song like that that middle point you hear this like and it's like a five bladed fan it goes like it's asymmetrical but it's slowed down to to match the beat of the song and it's so cool it's like the coolest detail of of the whole album i think and um the what what also makes it uh special is that we when when we came out with a we, we sent it to the mixing guy and he's like, Oh, you know what? I think I could use more fan. And I was like, heck yes, more <laughs> fan. So we, so we doubled it and made it like just a little bit louder, uh-huh. but then it was too loud. It was, it was just like, not, it, it didn't work. And so the, the level that it's at now was like very carefully considered and it just, it's like very subtle and it just like kind of rides and, and keeps the, the movement and the uh, momentum of the song without overpowering the whole thing. And you wouldn't even notice it until I told you. Yeah, so yeah. when you go back and listen to it for the podcast, you'll be like, oh my gosh, there's the fan. There's the star of the album. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. We need yeah. more fan. More fan. <laughs> yeah. Good insight knowledge. So yeah. So all arms around fans out there are freaking out right now because they know stuff that no one else knows. Fans. <laughs> all the fans all the fans pun intended exactly alright um, see Maddie you want to pick a song or do you, you don't remember the name do you remember what the mood was like um, maybe Brian can identify it let's see let's listen to Crystal Ball actually Brian let's do this backwards this time why don't you set the song up and then we'll listen to it Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, give us some good... inside inside tips to listen for this time. Okay, so Crystal Ball came out. I think I was writing it around the time Adele's Twenty One album came out. Okay, and the song that goes like, um, "I will always love you." No, no, no. I don't know something like that. And I forgot what the name of the song is. I'm embarrassed. I'm like not <laughs> Adele fan, <laughs> but I this came out like before Adele eventually like. They gave her too much radio time, I felt. And then, yeah, like, everyone yeah. kind of got sick of rolling in the deep and stuff. I, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. the radio did her a big disservice, I think. So I did, that guitar part is from there. And the percussion part, um, Warren was like, hey, let's let's put in some percussion, but let's just make it sort of sound a little unique. He did this, like, pat on his thigh. And then he had, like, a bunch of coins. And he put the coins in his pocket. And he patted those to make sort of, like, this... Like almost like a um, cymbal or snare drum sound, or it's like hi hat sound. Um, so it's like a bunch of like little clicks and like coin pats and thigh pats, and that kind <laughs> of underlines uh, that underscores the the percussion part. Um, Warren, I think Warren really loves the ending part more than I do. I think he has because he has this big electric guitar solo, and he really loves himself a lot. So he's like <laughs> going up there with his big solo, and it, it's like a really big like kind of um, surprise. You you're listening to the song that's like kind of this you know acoustic feel and then at the end it like kicks in a rock so it's kind of like um like something something for everyone kind of song in my opinion all right let's do it crystal ball so
I saw my loved ones Through a crystal ball I have seen it all I have seen it all I have seen it Like, yeah, that was that is surprising, you know. No, I love um, like when it ends with chaos. Um, Phoebe Bridges has a song called "I Know the End," and it's so good. It's like that, like the buildup, top tier. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> this is also a, a Warren plug, but he, I don't know how to play drums at all, so he he does like all the drum stuff and the electric guitar. So that's that's all Warren. But yeah, it was it was it, it we weren't really sure. Of, like mushing the two types of styles and work and then it totally worked so we just kept it yeah that i think that's your yeah. song before the encore so that's your last song of the set then you go backstage <laughs> and then come out and do one more but that that's the that's the the end song right there yeah 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 for sure <laughs> no good stuff man that was good thank you yeah that one was good it's, i think my favorite yeah, it's surprising yeah good pick manny good pack i know <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it it gets you. It kind of gets you, you know, lulled into okay. This is just gonna be mellow, a little, you know, a little light percussion, and then yeah, then the distortion kicks in. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, spooky sounding backwards vocals going on too, where you took like some uh, some of the O's and like the O's at the end, and you just like reverse the track. Mm-hmm. And it's like like kind of. There's a whole bunch of those. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we don't want to give away the whole farm here on our show. <laughs> so everyone out there, go to Spotify, give Brian some listens, or even better, go buy the album at Bandcamp, All Arms Around. Uh, all the proceeds go to the Oakland Unified School District. So Brian, you have survived the tough questions, but are you ready? Rashi, Maddie, are you ready? I don't even know where the lightning questions oh, yeah, are. Oh, my oh, gosh. Well. They're going to be a total surprise to everyone. All right. Everyone. Yeah. I know. Andy. So this exciting. So, yeah, you're going to have to edit this so it's smooth and we sound pre- seem oh, prepared. Oh, it's going to be prepared. But... Yeah, no, don't worry. Okay. As Brian knows, you can do a lot with audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Brian, don't click on the link, okay? This is just for Maddie. Actually, I'll, I'll direct message it to <laughs> I got to look at the answers. I got to I gotta cheat on someone else. Uh, I don't want you to cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Hard that's hitting. a big thing with Mr. Chin. No hard... cheating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. You want to do them all? Or you want to alternate? What do you want to do, Manny? <gasps> oh, last question is so juicy. Yeah. Super spicy. Wait. <laughs> this, this could, the last question could determine whether you ever speak to Madison ever. <laughs> is, is, he, is he a fan of the first artist? No, I don't know. Because I don't know. I feel so like is, he would be. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Okay. We'll okay. see. We'll see. So, lightning round starts now. <laughs> this is serious business. Right. One, you can only choose one instrument to play for the rest of your life guitar or piano. Oh, man. Or ceiling fan. Oh, true. <laughs> no, I think it's going to have to be that that's one. That's offensive to the ceiling fans out there. Like this the ceiling fan is its own character. It's not an instrument. All right. Uh, but I would say, I think I'd have to say piano at this point in life. There's just so much you could do with it with like 10 fingers. Um, there's just there's so much. There's so much sound. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, isn't isn't that how why and how it was invented, right? Wasn't it like to replace an orchestra? You can kind of play the piano. Yeah. All right. Good choice. Okay. Next question. Okay. Favorite key to composing and time signature. Um. So when because I'm like actually better at guitar, I think for the purposes of my music than I am for piano. A piano, I can only play a limited amount of keys, but guitar, I can play lots. Um. I think. Guitar, I so when I tune my guitar at home, I never have an irregular E. I always have it in like E flat or even like some flat version of E flat that's like between E flat and D. And I tune everything down because yeah. I feel like there's something that is like so stuffy sounding about a piano, a, a guitar that's tuned to 440A. Like it's just so stuffy and so stiff. So I think if I had mm. for for key, I would choose like. E flat or even flat E flat or something like that. I just I just love the sound of it, just like a little like a little lazy. And um, I think time signature. I don't know whatever's like kind of slow. <laughs> I'm not really like a fast song. So just slower, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say. So no nine twelve. <laughs> no 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 marching. No, nothing like that. Like maybe just like strolling, strolling uh, on a nice day. Okay, I'm a C major guy myself because I don't like the black keys. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simple is always good. <laughs> um, okay. What do you work on first? Lyrics or melody? Melody all the way. I really Yeah. I well, I mean, I would say like probably a blend. I I, I was too hyperbolic when I said that. I, <laughs> when, when I do music, it's I try it, it you can't really force it. Sometimes you kind of can force it, but for the most part, I have in my brain I have like a library of these like cool melodies that I haven't found words yet for that are just kind of hanging out and, and, and just like taking a brain space. And then I like try to write some like, you know, some thoughts and stuff and, and try to match it with the music. And, and that's my usual. But once in a while, I'll like very rarely I'll have like songs that are, are very organic and very easy. But that's like one in like a million. And you, you gotta, I think as a songwriter, the main thing you should do is just like practice a lot. And you have to be willing to throw away a lot of songs like like a majority and like 99 percent of your songs you have to throw them away unfortunately mm -hmm. or repurpose them like a, like a chinese person would you know you take something like a leftover <laughs> and then you put it in a soup or something like that you repurpose <laughs> did you say that just because we're the infatuation podcast no yeah <laughs> he's keeping it on brand <laughs> yeah that's true that's true do you sit uh, do you sit in bed at like three in the morning and you hear you know have a song going in your head and you wake up and go ceiling fan we need more ceiling fan like do you do you like does that happen when you're have a song and that you're working in your head and you're just constantly um, working it you know um not not to that degree but i i will say that i've had dreams like very vivid dreams when i've written songs and then i wake and and i have like all the melody and stuff and then i wake up and then it's totally gone and, oh. and i had it it was just like right here and i just I, it just evaporated that happens uh, yeah the smash hit too yeah would have been a hit <laughs> all right i'll do this next one because it needs a little explaining okay. okay so let's say you have a friend like a warren or someone else you know or a madison yeah. <laughs> what is the best gift you can give a musician uh like for their birthday or christmas or hanukkah doesn't have to be expensive it could be super cheap or what gift would you want to give to a musician? Ooh, well, I think it depends on where this the arc of this musician is. I would say that if they're if they're like a level where let's just say like maybe I I don't know all too well Madison, but are you are you like writing your own music and like kind of like getting some songs together? Are you like ever thinking about doing an album or something like that? Yeah, I was going to start doing one actually during quarantine, but it didn't work out, but it's okay. Still, yeah, still yeah. for sure in the future. Yeah, you just got to kind of keep them and, and uh, you know, keep them in a safe place for yourself. But I think you can you can actually buy studio time for these people, like somebody like Madison. Mm. And we, I've had friends who have bought studio time for other musician friends where you like, for example, I'll plug Tiny Telephone again because there's a guy, Bo, who was like incredible as a human being and just like really good ear and really encouraging and stuff. Um, you can just say, Hey, Bo, I'm going to pay you like a day rate. And you can just like buy a day at Bo's studio, a tiny telephone, and then have them do like a whole day at the studio. I think it's like an incredible uh, gift and it shows like a lot of commitment. Fun. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. 
All right, here's the hard it's, question. It's my turn to ask this one because it's fun. It's so funny. Oh, no. Um, no, don't be scared. <laughs> Actually, I'm joking. It's <laughs> fine. Um, are you Team John Mayer or Taylor Swift? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, man. Like, are uh, you, like, answer do wisely. you like, do you listen to either one of their music? Because honestly, like, I can see John Mayer being one of your influences. Yeah, I, I actually have listened to the uh, the Continuum album for John Mayer and maybe some of his other stuff too, like when he was getting bigger. And then Taylor Swift, I actually, was it then, was it 1987? Was that the name of her album? Oh, no. Oh, Dude. Oh, That's so disgraceful. <laughs> that was so painful for me to hear. Yeah, it's oh, 1989. So sorry, everyone. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, oh man. Um, but I, I really like that album. That, that whole album was really fun. And yeah. it was like, I... I don't know. Why are you gonna make me choose? You're gonna, you're gonna like reduce my my fan count. Some people are gonna be. <laughs> God, I can't believe Tay Tay or Dave's team John Mayer. Um, I, I don't know. I think I'd have to stick with John Mayer for his like singer songwriting kind of like. Um, uh, but Taylor Swift has it too. But I feel exactly. like in '89 album, it was like singer songwriter on pop steroids. Like they no. they made yeah. all the songs like super fun and like they just made him like really embellished pop and, perfection and pop yeah i was gonna say yeah yeah i mean i i respect that that type of like the, the way that she approached it uh, but i i would feel like kind of more connected to john mayer's like kind of more like maybe more more stylistically like, stylistically yeah like he does like some jazz stuff no he, and, he's a great musician honestly i mean you can't yeah. deny that he's he's great yeah I, I don't want to say but, his personal life. I think there's probably some like big, big sour spots about it. And I don't, I don't really know anything about it that much, except that I think he had, didn't he, didn't he have some thing with Taylor Swift or something? Like, yeah. Oh, but, about anything. Yeah. But it's honestly, it happened a long time ago. So, you know, they're all <laughs> older now. I don't think it really yeah. matters. It's yeah. just a funny yeah. question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ah, well, you, you kind of dodged it a little bit there, Brian. Yeah. So I think you did okay. I think Maddie will still speak. Yeah. Please, oh, good. So that's all right. I hope so. One <laughs> person. Um, but yeah, I, I think like I've been thinking about this too a lot where pe people have these like musical tastes and it's sort of like food in that regard too, where it's like you don't want to yuck somebody else's yum where they, they might like a yeah. certain genre and they might like a certain thing because that's, that's like kind of their comfort. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I think I have... I think maybe earlier in my life, I would have been like, ew, this person listens to this, like, so this artist is so, like, so, so like, so, so peasant, you know? But I think now <laughs> yeah. appreciating that, like, people have their different tastes for different reasons. Like, music is very sensory. And, you know, whatever mm -hmm. you're into listening to, that's, like, totally cool. And it's, everybody's on a different journey on, like, how much they want to explore, how much they want to challenge themselves. Um, but, yeah, everyone's, everyone's different. It's totally cool. All right, Brian Lum, musician, songwriter. Uh, thank you for a pharmacist. True. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for funny. coming along. Yeah, yeah. Bye. I had to. I had to have my time to do that. I want. Yeah, the slide mm -hmm. in there. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming along, man. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun, and I, I, I love your podcast, and I can't wait to listen to this episode and all the other ones. Oh no! Don't yeah, come to school you. tomorrow. No, it's not COVID, it's allergies. It's allergies, it's allergies. Well, thanks a lot for coming along, everybody out there. Um, you can get Brian's music at Bandcamp or Spotify. Follow him on Instagram as well, at All Arms Around. All right. So uh, shout out to, to everyone who helped Brian with that album. You have any more shout outs, Brian? I think we shouted out most everyone. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, there's Warren, and then there's also Bo from Tiny Telephone. And there's Sarah Register who did the mastering of the album. Uh, there's all, like all my family and friends and stuff, and all the fans. You know the usual, the usual. And Joshua uh, made an appearance yeah, on the album. My, my own son. He 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 self proclaims himself as his biggest, my biggest fan. It, he's like he's he's so sweet. He's like such a good kid. But uh, yeah, he's he's also like really into music, and um, he's like learning music, and he's writing his own funny music too. Nice, nice. Yeah. And of course, the real vocalist in the family, Irene. We got to shout out Irene. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, and and we got to shout you out too. Thanks for uh, working on our theme song. Sometimes, you know, the original, the original song. Uh, what is it called? Super 
happy J-pop fun time is our original theme song. Uh, and it's 190 beats per minute. And there, <laughs> there are some interviews that it just doesn't seem right to throw 190 beats per minute <laughs> when, we, when we end the show. So it's nice to have an alternative acoustic version of our theme song written by All Arms Around. So thank you for that, Brian. Very honored. <laughs> Ah, yeah. So you should shoot an email over to Brian or message him. Let him know that you like his stuff. Uh, if you want to send us a message, you can send us a message at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com and leave us a rating or a review at Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a rating at Spotify. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And so on behalf of Brian, Madison, and myself, we hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. We'll talk to you again soon, and bye. bye. Oh yeah. Oh Madison, wait. Where can I? Where can I listen to any of your stuff? Do you have any stuff out? I asked her in the email. That's the question. Uh, I didn't reply. You emailed me. Oh, I. I oh. It was. It was in the thread. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Honestly, this is really awful. I'm just too scared to put myself out there. I. I don't have anything out yet, but I'm going to try to post more on my Instagram. Maybe make a TikTok because that's sort of um, a good platform to get quick views on. You know, it's hard because like YouTube algorithm is not, wouldn't probably wouldn't work in my favor. So yeah. Coming soon, maybe I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you should start a public uh, Instagram. Then you can post stuff up on that. I'm trying to ease my way into it. Obviously it's a new account and, it's private, probably going to post music videos just for my friends and then eventually make it public. Right. So it's just right. a work yeah. in progress. Whenever you're ready, let me know. I, I'd love to listen. I, I, I love oh, listening to people you. just like, yeah, just I, I think like it's so great like to listen to, to do music and it takes a lot to put yourself out there. So I think it's I think it's good that everyone supports each other. Yeah, maybe um, I can be the Warren of this generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brian. Thanks for uh, sweating it out with us in the car. Oh yeah, I'm like dying now. I think my armpits are like full of sweat now, so I better. <laughs> thanks for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Catch you later, Brian. We'll talk again soon. All right. Bye. bye guys. Nice thanks. talking to you. Yeah. You too. All right, bye. Bye, right, bye, Curtis. Bye. bye.